welcome again, everyone. <coughs> Very auspicious, because um, the mother is the first guru. So to celebrate Mother's Day and Baba together, some kind of sense. <coughs> and um, uh, I really enjoyed Mira's talk. And here's something you should know that many years ago, we, the ashram was in Elwood. Uh, and we were renting a big house on the uh, Esplanade, which is right on the, the beach there. And every Monday, Davy Ma and I, Monday night, Davy Ma and I would come down and do a Shiva process group in Mount Eliza. And there are even a few characters who are in that group uh, still here. Um, and we do that. And Mira was one of the people participating there. And then our landlord wanted to occupy the house, so we had to find a new place. And um, Mira and Rod uh, found this place in Mount Eliza, which we already knew well, and uh, the rest is history. So we owe the, the ashram here. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> yes, it's very good. And we got a good deal on it. If I told you what we paid for it, you would weep. <laughs> so uh, it's, uh, this is sort of Baba's second birthday, so I thought uh, I would do a few question answers from, one of, from his world tours. And we have uh, a couple of images. This is some pictures of the Baba. Now this is... This is actually around the time I met him. This is him in Ganeshpuri. He certainly wouldn't appear like that in the West. But uh, Next. And that's Baba on his perch in Ganeshpuri Ashram, giving a talk or admonishing somebody, trying to solidify the peculiars. <laughs> it's no easy job. Then there's the peculiarization of the solids. That's another task. <laughs> Go ahead. But it's not as much fun. <laughs> Peculiars are very much fun, very extravagant. So go on. Next. And oh yeah, there's Baba. Baba, this is Baba during one of his question and answer sessions in his room. And he's giving some prasad, and he's having a great time there, as you can see. Is that it? One more. And that's Baba on tour. Segue into the tour. The gentleman, Baba, he's giving a talk in the West. So, you know, I, I, uh, I found some question answers. Uh, but just uh, today, I found a little piece by Baba which kind of sums up uh, something about his teaching. I always like to begin by quoting him. He used to begin every talk by saying in Hindi, Subko Bharisanmani Kesat Premse Hardik Swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And that was the essence of his teaching, to welcome another person with love, worshiping the divine in every person, and also welcoming yourself with love. And here's a, a, a bit from one of his talks that struck my eye. I had to share it. 
Baba said, an ecstatic Sufi saint. Sufism is the uh, mystical side of Islam. Uh, it's very much like the yogis. An ecstatic Sufi saint, Mansur Mastana. Uh, means ecstatic Mansur. Mansur, the ecstatic being. Uh, used to soar in the inner spaces where he saw the highest truth. He cried, Anahak, Anahak, I am God, I am God. The truth is in me and I am in the truth. He began to dance exclaiming, I've found it, I've found it. Of course, uh, in Islam that's quite sacrilegious. So the Baba goes on, the Orthodox mullahs heard his commotion and then began to accuse him for uttering blasphemous heresy. Mansur Mastana said, I did not mean to utter heresy. I'm only speaking the truth, which I've experienced directly. <clears throat> he continued, and this is the, the beautiful bit that sums up Baba to me. He continued, Mansur Mastana said, you may break a mosque, you may break a temple, you may break a church or any other place of worship, but you must never break the human heart because the Lord himself dwells there. Inside a temple, you worship an idol. Inside a mosque, you worship the formless being. But in the temple of the heart, the divine light sparkles all the time. That is the house of the Lord. So that's a beautiful Baba thing. Of course, it goes on and says, because he said this, he was hanged. <laughs> but he proclaimed the same truth even from the gallows. I am God, I am God. Anahak, anahak. Mansur Mastana says this, I've recognized my true master in my own heart. <clears throat> okay, a few question answers with Baba from his tours. He went on three world tours, the first in 1970, a very short tour. Um, by coincidence, I left America on the day that he left India. He was going west and I was going east. I was going to find him and he was coming looking for me but, he, but I was gone. <laughs> Maybe he didn't know it. I didn't know I was going to find him either. But uh, he was only, uh, by the time that I got to India he was already back. Um, <clears throat> and then he came again in 1974 for a two-year period and I was with him on that and during that time he sent me away to start an ashram in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And then again, he traveled out in 78. Uh, and that was his final tour, another two-year tour. <clears throat> so here's a question answer with Baba. A math questioner says, a math student may pursue math with great effort. But, it, but if he has no innate aptitude for math, he will not attain anything. Isn't this true of students of spirituality? If so, how do I know I have what it takes? Do I have spiritual talent? Baba says, a student of spirituality should have a burning desire to attain God. No artist, no matter what his field, can attain anything without losing himself in his art. In the same way you can attain God only if you lose yourself in his love. The moment you have a burning desire, he appears before you. God is right within you. Why can't you see him? 
is because you don't have a burning desire. And the scriptures talk about that burning desire, the mumakshutva, they call it, means a, a, a burning uh, desire to know the truth. And that's not something that you can create. It happens. Uh, I was, uh, you know, in the late 60s, I was a very happy atheist, uh, materialist, um, and very pleased with myself that way. <clears throat> I remember that uh, uh, a close friend of mine at college, university, um, told me that he believed in God. And I thought, how sad and pathetic. <laughs> I looked at him, I said, really? How can you possibly, a modern thinker? And then here I am. <laughs> so you never know when it's going to hit you. And then suddenly, a couple of years later, I was going to India. I was one-pointed. Nothing could have stopped me. Um, <clears throat> so it's a matter of grace. You, you never know when the, when the spirituality will awaken in you. He says, um, Baba says, however, once your shakti has been awakened, once you receive the awakening of the, the kundalini energy, if you keep meditating and chanting and reading the scriptures, through God's grace, you'll develop an interest in attaining God. Your interest will create an aptitude within and will eventually give rise to a burning desire for God. That burning desire will show you the path of sadhana, the spiritual path. <clears throat> really speaking, everyone has the self within them. Everyone has inner consciousness. Everyone has God within themselves. Since that's the case, to say that someone does not have the aptitude for spirituality is wrong. Everyone has the potential. Some will realize it sooner and some later. That's the only difference. So if not today, then tomorrow. If not tomorrow, then the day after. That's what Shavism says. Shavism says the game is of parts of consciousness becoming alienated from the whole and becoming us and uh, separate and then eventually reuniting and that every part of consciousness will reunite with the whole. There's not one part, person or uh, aspect that will remain alienated. Uh, the journey may take many lifetimes, but still uh, it has to happen. So it's a very optimistic narrative. Everything's going to be all right. And that's what you say to peculiars. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. <clears throat> and you've, you became a very solid, Mira. What do you think, Rod? She's gotten very solid. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. She knows how to present herself in a solid way. Okay, okay. Once a, once a peculiar, always a peculiar. <clears throat> and, and thank God for peculiars. The world would be a dry, boring place without peculiars. Everyone was a solid, you know, going like this all the time. Hmm, let me consider that. Ooh, the pros and cons. Hmm, let me see. Uh, this person said that about that. This person said that. Hmm, what a boring world. But peculiars are like, ah, ecstasy. Ah, misery. Ah, ecstasy. Ah, misery. Very colorful. 
<laughs> oh, here's one. This is very, this turns out to be very relevant to me this week. A reporter asked, I see that you have no teeth. If your God realized, why can't you grow back your teeth? <laughs> it's a reporter. Baba <clears throat> says, don't worry. I have teeth. They're lying on the table in the next room. <laughs> what makes you think a God-realized being should be a dental mechanic? Your next question ought to be, if you're a God-realized being, why do you need somebody to give you a shave? Why not dematerialize your beard? And why do you have your clothes laundered? Why can't you wash them automatically with your powers? In fact, you don't know what God-realization means. God has apparently developed a division of labor. His world, dental mechanics make, in his world, dental mechanics make dentures. What's the point of using spiritual powers for such a trivial purpose? <clears throat> and before, I just read this this week, and um, I broke a tooth this week. And so I thought I was going to pray to God to uh, <laughs> fix it. And then after reading this, I went to the dentist. <laughs> so I'll have to get an implant. <clears throat> I was going to use my powers to create a new tooth. But I thought I'll use them instead to torture peculiars. <laughs> Baba says, besides the body has his own its own physical limitations. If you lose your teeth, why should you want them back again? <laughs> why not accept it? I can talk, explain things to you, and sing without teeth. If I wear my dentures, I could speak, talk, and sing in the same way. It's wrong to think that God exists to satisfy your trivial needs. <clears throat> you know, um, in India, they feed the sadhus lots of sweets. Everyone wants the, the sadhus, the holy men, the, the swamis, to come to their house and bless their house. And when they're there, they feed them endlessly, especially with sweets, ladus, sweet, sweet balls, and they just... They, and so of course they all get uh, uh, what, is it? what is it? Diabetes. Diabetes and their teeth fall out and so at some point uh, Baba had all his teeth extracted so he wore dentures but he used to be very cute without his teeth he was very cute but for the programs he'd wear the uh, teeth uh. <laughs> <coughs> Uh, it's wrong to think God exists to satisfy your trivial needs, to suppose he'll supply you with new teeth and new fingernails and cure your sore throats. <clears throat> Baba says, the inner power obtained as a result of God-realization should be used only to help other people realize God in their turn. So as you, as you grow spiritually, you have a responsibility to share it. Everyone wants to share it. We have to learn how to do that. Because once you uh, have something good, you want to give that to your loved ones very naturally. And when you discover that there's this power within one, that there's this great joy within a person, great luminous wisdom and peace within a person, 
You want to share that around. And of course, the world would be much better if more people knew about this, this quality. He goes on, for God-realized beings to start materializing dentures <laughs> and dematerializing illness would be like asking God for a pinch of tobacco instead of a title to the, uh, of a title to the spiritual kingdom. The only gift a wise man asks of God is the gift of love, the gift of repose in the inner self. And even then, that represents a low degree of understanding. Someone who's fully enlightened doesn't ask God for anything. He only wants to love him more and more. A true devotee doesn't do business with God. He doesn't say, since I'm offering you devotion, in return, give me some teeth. <laughs> so I felt very uh, rebuked by that, and I decided not to pray for my teeth to grow back. <clears throat> okay, a couple more. This is a good one. Question. Why have the gurus of history uh, often seemed to behave so ruthlessly towards their disciples? What is the relationship between the guru's ruthlessness and his compassion? <clears throat> Baba says, the guru's ruthlessness is his compassion. I read a poem by Kabir. Kabir's great, uh, great sage of Benares, who was, uh, he was a, a Muslim, but he had a Hindu guru. And so he's revered by both, this was many years ago. He said that the guru is like a potter. A potter shapes a pot by giving it blows from the outside with one of his hands, but at the same time he supports it from within with the other, so it will not collapse. <clears throat> In the same way, that on the outside, a guru may seem to be beating, beating up a disciple, but on the inside, he's always supporting and protecting him. So the guru is ruthless, but he's also very compassionate. I read a story by Sheikh Sadi, who was a great being. Once there was a school teacher who disciplined the students by shaking a stick at them. I don't think they do that these days. But One day a sadhu came to the school. He went inside and all the children were making a lot of noise. The teacher decided to show, scolded the children and showed them stick. Immediately they stopped making noise and sat very quietly. The sadhu did not like what he saw. He said, it's not good to discipline children so strictly because they do not grow. Now, if you know Baba, what side of this story is he going to come out on? Baba was a ferocious disciplinarian. So I give you that. That's a spoiler. <clears throat> Baba says, this is what people in Western countries do. <laughs> and he's and this is right 1980 or something like that it's gotten much worse the sadhu <clears throat> the sadhu told all the heads of the other schools in the district that this teacher was much too strict and that they should do something about it from then on the teacher became very loose he did not care about his students all he wanted was his salary in two years, the sadhu returned. He saw the children were not even in the classroom. Instead, they were all playing and fighting outside. They were not learning anything. 
Sheikh Sadi, the writer, drew his own conclusion. He said, a teacher's beating is sweeter than the parents' delicious food. <laughs> Baba says, so there is compassion in the guru's ruthlessness. The guru is not a violent person. To eliminate the faults or defects of his disciples, he sometimes may appear to behave in a very crude and ruthless fashion. Yet in that very ruthlessness, there's great tenderness and compassion. <clears throat> For transformation, sometimes you have to. And Baba gives a good example. Tulsidas says in his Ramayana that when there's a boil on the body of a small child, the mother does not put powder on it and fan it. She makes her heart very strong, and then she lances the boil and throws it away. It hurts the child, and the child weeps very loudly. <clears throat> In the same way, because of his love for a disciple, the guru uses the harshest method, the crudest method, to eliminate his shortcomings. Even if the disciple is weeping bitterly, even if it hurts him, still he gets rid of the poison. <clears throat> well, that's old school. Um, I could tell you a story about that I later learned Baba did some very fierce things with me. Um, but later I learned that how he was taking care of me behind the scenes. I won't say any more. No, I won't say it. Another time. Ask me another time. <clears throat> okay. I have one. Oh, I have three more. Can we do three more? Uh, two reasonably short. Devotee, I feel I'm not getting what I want from my spiritual teacher, uh, from the group I belong to. Is it proper to change teachers and groups? Baba. Yes, you certainly may leave a teacher or a group which does not help you. But first you make sure that it's the group or teacher that is fault and not yourself. <laughs> you must look around and see if others are getting something out of it. <clears throat> Leaving a teacher or group can be a very difficult decision and there are several factors which must be borne in mind. People come to a group because they want to change and improve their lives. If they were perfect, there would be no need to join a group or go to a teacher. That is no doubt why you yourself have joined a group. Often a genuine teacher starts a group, but all the people who join may not be worthy disciples, and thus there seems to be dissension or disharmony. All the people who come to a teacher are not of the same caliber, nor the same level of understanding. A group will surmount all these difficulties, however, if all the people concerned have the same goal or purpose for being there? That's a very interesting answer, isn't it? <clears throat> and many of you know that Gurdjieff used to have the sign, remember why you came. He put above the door of his ashram, remember why you came. It's the reason that we come to a spiritual teacher, to a, a spiritual satsang, uh, is to grow. Because we're not happy with how we are. We know that we're in a limited condition and that there's much more that we can be and that there are uh, unmeasured depths to our being that we haven't touched and there's 
and we may be suffering it and not touch the, the joy that we know is potential there. And when we remember that, uh, then we continue with that purpose. But sometimes in the heat of battle, we forget what we're about. And we get, then we get ourselves uh, bent out of shape for one reason or another and insulted and hurt and upset and then this and that happens. Uh, we don't keep our eye on the ball. We don't keep our eye on That's what Bob is saying there. <clears throat> okay, another short one. How long a time must one meditate each day to secure the benefit of meditation? I'm going to talk about in, that in the course, at the end of the course, but this will be a spoiler. <laughs> Baba says, half an hour to an hour every day is enough. If you want to meditate more than that, you'll need strength to bear the impact of it. Of course, that, that depends on your situation. When we were in Uh, the years I spent with Baba in Ganeshpuri, uh, you could meditate for hours because uh, that's what we were there for. We were in a secluded place out in the country, nothing going on but spiritual practices. So, uh, But if you're uh, practicing your sadhana, your practice in the world, you only have a certain amount of time. So you need to find that amount of time that nurtures your life that gives you nourishment so that your life becomes a kind of meditation. <clears throat> he says, for that, for that matter, you have to be very disciplined in your eating. It doesn't matter if it takes a long time. The best is to go slowly and steadily. So as long as you, it's no good to have heroic uh, efforts and meditate. You know, people take these uh, courses where they meditate 12 hours a day. And then they're so um, uh, overwhelmed by it, they don't meditate for the next three years. <laughs> and it's much better if they meditated 20 minutes a day and did it steadily. That's the real thing. <clears throat> so go slowly and steadily. Once the Shakti has awakened, it keeps doing its work within you. Once that Kundalini energy becomes awake. Sometimes you may be aware of it, other times not. No matter, no matter what you're doing, whether driving a car, working in your office, the Shakti penetrates every element of your being. If you can get up early, morning is the best time to meditate. But if you can't, you can meditate before going to sleep. Have a light dinner, and then before going to sleep, lie down and go into meditation. The meditation will last throughout your sleep. That's good. Last one. <clears throat> Question. I've had many spiritual experiences in meditation due to your grace. I've seen some of the lights that you describe in your book, Play of Consciousness, and felt the kundalini energy move about my body. I've also experienced the self. How will I know when I've reached the goal? person is very uh, keen. It's good. Baba says, once there was a poor woodcutter. <clears throat> One day he would cut, uh, all day he would cut down trees and take the wood to the market to sell. He did not care about day or night or heat or cold. He just did his work every day. He worked so hard he became exhausted. 
He was so emaciated that his bones and ribs showed. One day he was wandering happily in the forest. He came across a great being, a great yogi. <clears throat> when the great being saw his predicament, he became concerned. He said, oh son, don't be so worried. Just go further. Then he left. And Baba says, if a person is wise, then even one word is enough for him. So he just got a word. What was it? Just go further. That was it. But if a person lacks understanding, then even if he's taught the entire scriptures, it will not be enough. Then the great being said, the great being had said, just go further. And the woodcutter said to himself, all right, I will. And he began to walk. You know, when I think about my time with Baba, there were certain phrases that he said to me that impacted me tremendously. That's why I give this card that says, I am the self. He once said to me very forcefully, always remember, I am the self. And then he gave me the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya, very forcibly on another occasion. And then he also told me once, practice contentment. Contentment is not just a thing, it's a practice. You have to work at it. You work away from discontent and work towards contentment. And that's been with me ever since he said that. A wonderful thing to say. The clear space of good feeling. Stay in the space of peace. The, the, the eye of the hurricane between two storms. Cultivate it. You can work towards that contentment. Contentment is not what you get after you achieve all your goals or whatever. Contentment is this place within you that already exists. And you have to make effort to find that place. So Baba goes on. He went further and further till he came to a forest filled with sandalwood trees. This sandalwood was worth much more money than the wood the woodcutter had been taking the market. Now he began to sell sandalwood, and he made a lot of money. But he thought, Babaji said, go further. So he walked on. Soon he came across a copper mine. With the money he'd made selling sandalwood, he hired some people and began to mine the copper and sell it. Now he's earning much more money, but he thought, Baba said, go further. I should go further. So he went on. And soon he founded an aluminum store. <laughs> and he sold lots of aluminum. <clears throat> and after that, he said, I must go further. And he came across a mine of silver, and later a mine of gold. It was not long before he'd become a millionaire. But once again, he thought, Babaji told me to go further. He didn't tell me to stop. So he went on until he became across a mine of precious jewels. <laughs> now he was a billionaire. <laughs> it's a wonderful success story, isn't it? <laughs> People wondered how he'd made so much money, but he only kept thinking. He told me to go further. He did not stop. But one day, by chance, he met the original sadhu. Oh, my son, said the sadhu, just as you went further and further, now you must go deeper and deeper within. Baba says, in the same way, you should keep going further within until you reach the mine of jewels, which is the inner self. 
In the beginning, you may have a few kriyas, a few movements and experiences. You may see a few sparkling lights, but this is just the forest of sandalwood trees. You may have some visions, experience a few moments of stillness, but this is just the copper mine. If you want to attain the effulgence of the inner self, if you want to reach the goal of sadhana, you have to keep moving on. Well, that's the story. Even past the aluminum factory. <clears throat> so keep going, keep going deeper. Because everything that the sages say, that the Buddha experienced, that Baba experienced, that all the great beings, Ramana Maharshi, Ramakrishna, all the great beings say, uh, exist within each of us. And I think the other, you know, the, the other one was talking about spiritual aptitude. He said, well, I'm not very spiritual. You know, I had that experience uh, when I was in high school. You know, I was a very good math student. Maths, you say here. We called it a math student. I was very good, but I knew that I didn't have real talent for it. I was just good at it relatively. And then I also, when I was a chess player, I was friends with uh, uh, a guy who later became world champion, Bobby Fischer. And um, his talent was preternatural. And I saw that I don't really have chess talent. Um, and so, you know, uh, but spirituality, everyone has within them. They have this latently. It's just a matter of uh, pursuing, going deeper and keep moving. And, uh, uh, you know, your mind will assail you with negativity, with tearing thoughts. I can't do this. I can't still my mind. I can't quiet my mind. I'm worthless. Tendencies will come up from time immemorial, self-hatred, anger, feelings of self-pity, frustration. They keep coming up. You have to keep going further. Go past that, past that. And if you go past that, you get to the place of peace the clear space of good feeling, the inner self. So let's meditate. <clears throat> and we'll meditate for 10 minutes, and we'll meditate on that place within. And focus on that essence, the seed, the deepest, most intimate part of yourself. And if that doesn't make much sense, you can repeat the mantra of our tradition, Om Namah Shivaya. Om Namah Shivaya. Just repeat it and let thoughts drift away. The mind will try to seduce you with all kinds of thought lines, but let the thoughts disappear, let them quiet down and go deeper, deeper than that. So we'll meditate for 10 minutes and once again with great respect and love, remembering Baba on his second birthday and remembering all the mothers who, to whom we owe so much love and respect. I welcome you all with all my heart. Satguru Nath Maharaj Ki Jai. Let's meditate.